0: Welcome to Crab Takes and Football. That is what this podcast does. I am TK, joined by Andrew Holly. Holly, after three grueling days of the NFL Draft, we have our 22, 2022 draft class, and boy, is it a good one!
1: Wow, How man! Doing? How was the weekend? Wow. It was good. You know, overall, it it was fantastic. I I felt like I I got a ton done this past weekend between the NFL draft going on and I was like busy around the house doing a bunch of things like we had like a dumpster day across the street. This person had a dumpster that we could all use. So, you know, I got felt like i got some spring tr- spring cleaning out of the way and i got all the you know crap out and the ravens got me a bunch of new toys to play with with all these players they drafted yeah actually me too i had you
0: know my parents came up and visited so i wasn't as tuned in on saturday for for the last four rounds of the draft but you now i got a ton done I you know my wife and i bought a house recently i mowed the lawn for the first time which is awesome was nice. i you know, did the you know, same was, thing
1: man it feels
0: good Yeah, yeah feels it good really good Felt really good, and you know, just you know, beautiful day on Sunday, getting outside. So, yeah, it was good, and, and and it felt good riding on the back of this of this draft class. And I think that's you know what really uh, allowed me to ease into the ease into the weekend and not not be too concerned because uh, early early results are that, that the Ravens crushed this, and uh, you know, I'm very pleased with with how it went. I'm very surprised at how it went, and in, in certain cases. Um and you know, so we can jump right into it so we can we can talk about every single pick what we what we think about them um, they did get assigned their numbers today, uh so we're here on tuesday evening and and the numbers kind of tell a little bit of a story as well and uh you know we can we can look at where where are the holes what what did what did they miss in the draft where where are we where are we still lacking uh, as we are gonna run into training camp pretty soon so um Yeah, first pick, the Ravens stick in at 14. You know, there were some rumors of moving up. There were some rumors of moving down, but they stick at 14, and they take the safety, one of the best players in the draft, Kyle Hamilton, out of Notre Dame. You all know my love of the safety position. I'm absolutely thrilled with this pick. Um, He kind of fell into our laps. You know, we kind of talked about him during the mock draft episode, which – Quite frankly we got a lot of things wrong but you know we were kind of beating around the bush in a lot of areas. We didn't think that Kyle Hamilton would be available. We also didn't well, think Well, well let's would let's say them.
1: this right here. Remember, we also were restricted some by you know the the mock draft engine we're using as well. It's not like yeah. we necessarily passed on any of the picks but you know some of the players that that we did draft I think were probably off the board quite frankly I would say the first four to five guys I'm pretty sure it, for the most part were off the board maybe not Linderbaum. um but yeah I I I'll, I'll tell you what and not to not to interrupt you there TK but I I do want to get this out of the way this is obviously going to be hyperbole central we may look back at this draft a few years ago, a few years from now and go, God, that sucked. Um, you know, looking back at the, the Hollywood 19. Brown draft, which we'll talk about more in a little while. Um, putrid. I mean, I love Eric Costa, but his first, his first draft was not, not his best. Um, so we got to hope that this, this is not that now, just looking at the names alone of the first 4 picks i think we can we can say this is not that um the the level of talent that was seemingly acquired is it incredibly impressive i mean you, you talked about Kyle Hamilton i mean what else can you say about the player i mean he he is i would say It's almost a consensus that he was the uh, top five player in the draft, whether people were going to take a safety with a top five to 10 pick, depending on their level of need, obviously caused him to drop his 40 time wasn't what everybody wanted. But holy crap. I mean, I think we talked about it last week. It he seems like that Ed Reed player. I think I was talking about it with some friends. We had a, you know, we did a video call, you know, between the the group of us while we were watching the draft together. And, you know, I, I said to everybody as Hamilton was was falling, you know, I think we were talking about him with the with the commanders, because I was I unfortunately have a lot of friends that are Washington fans. And I was talking about him for them. And I, for all the reasons why he ended up falling to us and why I, I was like, well, shoot, if he's there, I want to pick him. It's like Ed Reed, it's that player that is just, how is this guy falling? What what are people not seeing? I mean, you look at the highlights, the, the couple plays that he made where he's flying all the way across the field. And I mean, holy crap, I, I can't wait to see this guy play.
0: Yeah. I mean, like the, I'm I'm just so excited.
1: You know, last year I mean, the the size, man. I mean, crazy. He's mon. He's a monster. He's he's a a big big human being, and I think his
0: frame can add a little bit more weight too without really impacting his game. Um, he is everything that people wanted Isaiah Simmons to be. That like big athletic guy that can defend any offensive player that can play any defensive role i mean that's that's what kyle hamilton is and and you know just the fact that he fell and and like the the safety value thing i i don't i don't we i'm gonna talk about this in my first two picks here i don't understand why people don't value safeties because If you get a safety that can do everything, that can play center field, that can come up and run support, that can go man-to-man on tight ends. I mean, think about there's so many so many young, fast wide receivers now that can stretch the field. You know how you guard that? Safety over the middle, right? Uh, Tight end. You know, the proliferation of tight ends in this league is insane. And you know how you guard that? A really athletic safety. And if you have the Tennessee Titans coming to town and Derrick Henry is uh, is is, you know, ripping four or five yards of carry, who do you drop down there? The safety. So if you can get a guy like Kyle Hamilton that does all of these and he's a top five talent, I don't understand the valuation. A disparity there. I mean, I I don't know. I'm going to end it there because I think everybody understands what I'm trying to say. But to get him at fourteen is, you know, unfathomable. I don't think anybody saw this coming no. for the Ravens to stick there and and pick him there because to throw him into this mix of defensive players plus guys that are coming back and things like that. I mean, the the things that he's going to be able to do uh, in this in in the defense that Mike McDonald's going to be able to to design for him uh, to to have so many different roles. It is going to be something special, and I, I'm so excited about this pick.
1: Well, to, just to add on to, I think, what you were saying, you know, the, the league appears to be on defense, which is partly why our offense is designed how it is. But the defenses seem to be moving more to a nickel base. if If there yeah. is even such a thing called a base defense anymore. Right it's probably some sort of nickel or even dime hybrid package. Mm -hmm. So why not have instead of that, you know, whether it's the, you know, Mike or the will, instead of worrying about, you know, Josh Bynes playing next to Patrick Queen, why don't we just put Chuck Clark there and call it a day? cuz let's face it the 3 safeties would probably play almost every every down anyway with the talent that they've got so i there's a lot about it that is incredibly intriguing he seems like an incredible person i mean not that i've interviewed him personally but certainly all the interviews you see he seems like a real stand-up kid extremely smart well-spoken i mean real impressive in interviews mm-hmm. um i i mean talk about knocking it out of the park and the best part about it is when you look at all the comments from all the fans of other teams that are just mad as hell right that the ravens did it again Mm-hmm. and they had a guy fall to them who is hopefully a Hall of Fame player.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, we, we talked about it, like, the superlatives around uh, the first two pick are, you know, first two picks are, are out of this world, but generational players and Hall of Famers, and well, let's let them play first, and we'll see. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if if there is a first rounder in a position to succeed from day one, it, it's Kyle Hamilton in this defense, you know, next to Marcus Williams and Chuck Clark. I mean, I can't, I mean like the, the teachers that he's going to have around him is going to be awesome. So I'm, I'm thrilled. You know, of course the, the Eagles jumped in front of us and took Jordan Davis. Cause it looked like the Ravens were likely going to take Jordan Davis, but uh, you know, if Hamilton falls to you in that spot, I mean, you know, you, I'll, you I'll be happy. honest with you.
1: It would have been interesting if Davis had still been on the board. Mm-hmm. If we had still taken Kyle Hampton, I think we would have. Yeah, I
0: think they were truly in best player available mode there. Yeah.
1: And, you know, he's the best player available. So, you know, I, I think. Yeah, it's taking a Terrell Suggs, you mm-hmm. know, at 10. Or whatever that pick was, you know, when we really wanted a quarterback, you know, we weren't able to trade for left, which it's, you know, having Ed Reed fall in your lap at, at, was it 20? 20, yeah. I mean, mm, crazy. So, you know, speaking of that second first round pick that... Wait a minute, second, first-round pick, you say? How did that Mm -hmm. exactly happen, TK?
0: Oh, boy. So, the Ravens traded number one wide receiver Marquise Hollywood Brown to the Arizona Cardinals in exchange for number 23. Um, And the Ravens also sent pick 100, which I feel like a lot of people are forgetting about, is that we, we did send another pick along with Hollywood over to Arizona. And they gave us number twenty-three, and then at twenty-three we traded back with the Bills uh, to move into twenty-five plus another uh, twenty-twenty-two pick. I think that was the sixth first rounder. Is that is that right? Or, or fourth rounder? Is that yes. right? Yes. Yeah. So then, um, so then uh, the Ravens sit at twenty-five to see a few few uh, very interesting players go right in front of them, and I think what may have actually it, it turned
1: into the Arizona pick turned into pick 128 okay. which was uh we'll, we'll talk about who that was yes anyway yeah. in the 4th round yeah and and
0: maybe one of the things that that kind of swayed the the Ravens to trade back was Trent McDuffie getting picked at 21 um, you never know but at 25 second first round pick the Ravens selected Center Tyler Linderbaum out of Iowa, another one like the best center in the draft, another guy who's being heralded as a generational player compared to Jason Kelsey, who's been you know unbelievable for the in for the Eagles for a long long time what do you What do you think about this Linderbaum
1: pick and uh you know how he may fit here? You know, it it it's funny. At the time, I, I you know, you're like, wow, what are they gonna do? Are we gonna go for a wide receiver? There didn't appear to be a corner that was perfect there at the time, at least in my opinion. I actually thought we might end up taking our uh, our third round pick, quite frankly. Yeah. Same. Um, but to when they Johnson, said Linderbaum, maybe. it was one of those picks where you're saying, Oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But it was not really – for whatever reason, I guess I had bought into the, the pre-draft hype that he wasn't the center that fits our system and all that blah, 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 which is a bunch of crap. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I really – look, I, I'm not trying to disparage other podcasters and stuff that are like us that maybe they have fantastic football knowledge, but it – It bothers me when people that aren't really locked in start talking about systems and schemes and fits and all this stuff because sometimes that doesn't really make sense at all. And this is a perfect instance of that where I can't tell you how many quote-unquote draft gurus would talk about how oh his size doesn't fit what the Ravens want to do and blah 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 blah. Well pfft. obviously they love him. So I'm not sure what those people know. The Is that size a fair they, statement? Not yeah, to call I, a bunch I, of people out, but I mean Yeah, dude. I um yeah, this
0: one I, also, kind of caught me by surprise. They like took the pick, and I was like, "Huh, okay." And then not what I was expecting. I was expecting a trade back in for Jermaine Johnson, who was taken taken with the next pick. So then you kind of get your your safety back end and your pass yep. rusher. Uh, that's who I thought that the Ravens were going to go get, and um, I was surprised by the Linderbaum pick. I think I kind of was influenced in the same way that you were. That, you know, maybe he's not the best fit in the world and, and things like that. But um, what he said in his introductory presser was, you know, what kind of clicked for me all of a sudden. He's just like, it's about football and it's about who's the best football player. And uh, and then I was like, yeah, like, you know, who cares if he doesn't exactly match what the Ravens try to do size-wise? He has proven that he's a really good football player and that he's, he's going to figure it out. Like he's good enough. He's athletic enough. He's got that wrestling background, which, Oh my uh, God. The highlights of
1: him and Tristan worse. That was awesome.
0: Yeah. Right. I mean like the, the highlights of him, like peeling back and, and like hustling down the field. It is amazing that like, he's an offensive lineman. Like he is moving. And, you know what else do the Ravens do? than, you know move their offensive linemen, yeah, right? Like Roman is going to have so much fun with that. So, you know, yeah, scheme fit, whatever. Look, just because he didn't play in whatever Roman scheme was, like, do you think Bradley Bozeman played in Roman scheme in college? Yeah. Do you think Pat mcharry did that? No, they didn't. So Linderbaum, if he is truly this generational talent is going to be able to figure it out. And if you're concerned about the size, he's a football player, man. He's, he's going to put on some size in the NFL, just like different weight training programs and things like that. So it, he's going to be another exciting pick. I think the the, uh, the offensive line coaches are going to have a lot of fun with him. I expect him to start week one, not McCary, Uh Oh, absolutely. For, for, and and for, I think that's, investment. I mean, yeah.
1: Harbaugh even said that. I mean, yep. you know, I I think he's definitely the week one starter, mm-hmm. um, as long as he's healthy. You know, I I think, and and here's here's one more step before we move on to the to the second round. Well, I'll I'll say one other thing too, before I get to that, is that the knockdown effect this has on the offensive line, yep, is, is massive, because now you either have McCarey. Not only is he the backup center and the backup tackle at, at if if need be emergency right tackle that you're totally fine with he's the backup or starter at either guard spot not probably right guard but you could put him into the mix at left guard and quite frankly he might be the best left guard option as much as i would love to see cleveland take that and run with it um you know he needs to he needs to be healthy mm-hmm. So, I I mean, the the so the knockdown effect of having Linderball at center is awesome. Now, one stat that I heard during the draft that sold me on this pick, Mike Greenberg said that first-round centers have a 100% success rate of getting their next contract. That's all you need to That's know. Pretty telling. Yeah.
0: That means they're worth it.
1: Yeah. That means they were worth the fifth, you know, the fifth year option and all that jazz. So, boom, let's get let's get our center for the next eight to ten years. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I mean, to solidify that, I mean, is awesome. That first round, to have those two guys coming to the Ravens, uh, there's no way anybody saw that coming.
1: No and way. That, that, I mean, be, I mean you be... could have said Linderbaum at 14. but both And I them, would have said, okay, is... yeah, I'll, I'll go with that. For all the reasons mm-hmm. we just talked about why mm-hmm. he was a great pick at 25. You know, now granted, I think I would have preferred we traded back probably to pick him. But but that said, coming out of the first round, if you had said, yeah, we got Tyler Linderbaum, you know what? Hey, I wouldn't have been, wouldn't have necessarily been my first choice, but I would have said been been relatively happy with it. I would not have been upset. But coming out of the first round with both Tyler Linderbaum and oh Kyle Hamilton? Are you kidding me? I mean, yeah. that out of nowhere. That's just ridiculous. Yep. I I mean, nobody could have predicted
0: that. I I don't. I don't. I think there was somebody on either Instagram or or Twitter that had like some dream scenario that like they had both of them in Ravens uniforms, but like I don't know how that person knew. The other thing I'll say about Linderbaum. Last thing on Linderbaum before we move on is um, you know that that whole positional value thing also comes into play. With centers too, similar to safeties, mm-hmm. right? So you know, like the, the more centers that I was and thinking, guards. Yeah, the, the more that I thought about it, I mean, like what have the Ravens on defense needed out of their linemen forever? It was interior pass rush, right? Like that's the game changer for for any defense, not just the Ravens defense. But if you have an awesome center that you get at the end of the first round. Or even in the middle of the first round, who negates the interior Mm -hmm. pass rush and keeps Lamar Jackson on his feet and not scrambling out of the pocket all the time? Why is that not value? Why is that not positional value? Right? Like, if if that is everybody's need, interior pass rush, you know what? Give me an awesome center so that nobody has an interior pass rush. Yeah. I don't so like I don't know. <laughs>
1: I don't No, I don't it doesn't really. make a lot of sense. You're right. I'm sure there <laughs> okay. are or there is statistical analysis to back it up. You know, I mean, speaking of yeah. which Sigma Dell from the Ravens, or from the Orioles, rather, was yeah. hanging out in the draft room. Uh he was he was invited by Eric DaCosta yeah. to hang out in the draft. And he actually helped them which is crazy to think the Orioles helping the Ravens draft, but, mm. you know, considering that the, the, the brain trust did come from Houston, you know, you can probably set that aside and say, that's not a bad idea, but um, you know, there was some, I, I, I watched a, a, a recap on, I think it was on the Ravens uh, website today about it. And, and basically you know the the Ravens tended to look at players. I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it. Like basically, Sigma Dell said, you got to look at each player just as its own entity. You can't look about where they drafted, where they were drafted after the fact, because once they're on the team, they're on the team. And it doesn't matter, yeah. So you can't say, oh well, he was a fourth round draft pick or whatever. Da 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 da. No, they're this is. The player and it really doesn't matter anymore where they got picked because they're on the team mm-hmm. so it's an interesting way you know for them to change how they evaluated and looked at things and they actually said it helped them as they were looking at players in this draft so i find that interesting um we'll see if that you know ends up being anything that is anything you know outside of a couple side comments but um I found that somewhat intriguing. I think that makes a lot of sense. But anyway, enough about that. It was a banner first round. Let's get to our second round pick.
0: Yep. Actually, just speaking of numbers, uh, Hamilton. Oh, yeah. Wearing number 14. Pick number 14, and I believe he wore 14 in Notre Dame. He did. And then Linderbaum will be 64. Uh, he wore 65 at Iowa, but that is occupied by Pat McCarry. who he will be in competition with at the center spot. So, yeah, let's move on to the 20 or er, er, to the second pick at. Nope, not the second pick. The second So round people pick. out
1: there with four fetishes have, uh, you know, got a couple more, uh, couple more jerseys to be into this year.
0: For sure. And speaking of four, the 45th pick in the draft, Ravens select injured, but awesome David Ajabo from Michigan. Let's talk about Ajabo. What do you think about this pick? Were you surprised at all? Did you kind of see it coming? It, it I, I felt it
1: coming. Yep. Uh, um. You know, there were some other players on the board. Um <laughs> namely one that fell a lot farther than than I would have ever thought in Nicobe Dean. But mm-hmm. there were there were some other players on the board I was intrigued by at that point, but it just especially after having the first round we had, taking what is somewhat of a red shirt player with our second round pick made all the more sense. Yeah, I agree. Uh,
0: when healthy, Ojabo is awesome. I think uh, his athletic ability is insane. He's still pretty football young. Uh, he went to high school with Odafe Owe. He was uh, you know, with, at, at Michigan with Mike McDonald.
1: And I Very think similar
0: story to Odafe Owe, too. Right, which that's is right. Kind of crazy. Right, and they're both first-round draft picks or they're both draft picks for the Ravens, which is crazy. I think it would have been really telling. If the Ravens passed on Ojabo here, especially Indeed. with uh, with a couple Michigan coaches on the staff now, but I think that they picked him is also very telling that uh, they're confident that he will be able to to come back from this injury. Like you said, there is going to be a little bit of of redshirt here um, because if he is if he's healthy by what did they say in October, right? Um, yeah, they're gonna, saying it,
1: October he might be back on the field. Yeah, so then
0: let's say November, and then, you know, it's going to take him a, a little bit, you know, to, you know, get Maybe up to last
1: speed. last six games, you know, stretch right, right before the playoffs, we might right, have so it, that's, a job. Of. Right, so that's 11 games
0: he's missing, and, you know, he's missing training camp and, and all that kind of stuff. So he's he's starting he's starting behind the eight ball a little bit as far as experience goes. But you know, knowing what McDonald likes to do on defense and things like that will certainly help him. And, um, whenever he's well, ready knowing to go, the
1: defense, but also having the additional time in the classroom, you know, yeah. they, and then it's not like he won't, you know, my understanding is it's not that he'll start practicing in October, you know, he'll be back to yeah. playing then. So, right, you would hope. Right. That that means he has at that point had extra time, you know, practicing with Calais Campbell and you know, and Adafi Owe and, and learnings and maybe Justin Houston and hopefully, or some other vet yeah. we might have brought in that you yeah. know can help bring him along in the on the classroom side of things, which hopefully, as you said, because because of the Michigan connection, hopefully he does have a, a head start on that somewhat. hmm but hopefully, you know it does give him a little bit of time. So hopefully, when he is raring to go, when he's back in October or early November, he's ready to go, and we've got some guy that's going to come in and and really provide a force for us when we'll probably need it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Adding that,
0: adding that high-level pass rusher you know, in the playoffs, obviously, you know, if the Ravens are, are in that position, is is, uh, is very important obviously. So, you know, Ojabo made all the sense in the world, the way that it fell, you know, it, it, you know, you could just see it coming with, with Booth, uh, Andrew Booth going a few picks earlier and then the Texans going up and getting Mechie instead of Ojabo. And you're just like, yeah, you know what? There's no other guy that it could be right here. Um, So, you know, they got a pass rusher for the next, let's call it three and a half years. Um, next to Adafe Owe, who's under contract for for four years, and uh, you know that's a high level uh, <laughs> of hopefully a high level of production from those two guys uh, for the for the next several years to come. So another very exciting pick, um, and and uh, one one that was was uh, a little heartwarming to me because of all the reunions going on there. So that was pretty cool.
1: Absolutely. You know, and I had not realized the connection to Adafe Owe until draft day. Uh-huh. Um I was aware obviously of the, the Mike McDonald connection and everything, but not the not the Adafe Owe one, which was, made it all the cooler, you know, when that came out. I'm like, well, this just it it just became Extra special. I mean, his story is amazing. His his parents letting him come over from Scotland and all that. I mean, just really mm-hmm. cool stuff.
0: Yeah, and, and I think in our mock draft episode, we did talk about him around 45.
1: Oh, we Maybe absolutely like, you know, 30, talked about him. Round, I
0: forget
1: yep. whether he was available or not for us to take um, at that point or not. I believe, did we take our third round pick with our second round pick in the mock um. No, I don't think we ever wrote it down. I certainly did. We
0: probably should have. Yeah, probably probably should have. Probably down, should have. We did. Um, we did certainly consider him here at at forty five. Yeah. Um. I'm not sure that we took him, but we did. We did discuss him. So I will take credit for it. Yeah. Um. Okay. So then that was it for Friday night for the Ravens. No, no additional moves there. Um. A lot. Uh, unfortunately, I saw a lot of uh.
1: Quality Or players. wait, we didn't talk about Travis Jones. Was he on Friday? Did I miss did I mess yeah. this up? Well, Friday was second and third round picks. You're right. Okay.
0: So that was it for the second round, which is what I meant. The third round, the Ravens got the one guy that we did pick in our mock draft that is, uh, tackle, defensive tackle, Travis Jones out of Connecticut. And, um, The more and more I was reading about this pick, the more and more I was getting excited. This guy's awesome.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, the only reason he wasn't a first-round pick is because he went to UConn. It's pretty clear. Um, You know, so uh, (laughs) it's it's very possible the Ravens came out of this draft with four first-round level talents. Mm -hmm. And, And that's pretty unbelievable. Um, you know, just between these first four picks and and travis jones what a what a need he may be able to fill i I mean, what can you say? It's another pick that it just is knocks it out of the park. You know, he's gonna give us that interior pass rush. It's gonna be a great rotation. You know, you think about the young guys, the young guys and the old guys. It's gonna be interesting to see how they mix them in. Cause let's say, let's I know this is a big if, but let's say Derek Wolf is healthy. You could have the the old, you know, the old line of uh Wolf, Pierce, and Campbell, and then and then right. the young man line of Matabike, Washington, and uh and Jones. So it's going to be an interesting, uh, interesting look to the D line.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's some, one of the underrated uh, aspects of Jones's game is his versatility. I mean, he he lined up all the way out at the five technique uh, at times for UConn. You know, he is known for his, you know, power and his size, but he does have some some explosiveness to him, which is, which is pretty cool. You know, he, like you said, he can push the pocket, that interior pass rush that the Ravens have been trying for for so long. Jones at least offers it, you know, and
1: well, you know what, maybe we'll find that our, our best lineup is is Jones playing next to Pierce mm-hmm. and, you know, letting Pierce be the nose and then Jones along with Calais Gamble can, can try to add some of that interior pressure to the defense.
0: Right. Right. Because because we know Campbell could do it, you know, like case in point was that Colts game where he made so many plays uh, late in that game, you know, just beating guys off the line. But, Mm -hmm. you know, hopefully hopefully Travis Jones is that guy that, you know, like you said, he was first round talent because of his size and and his explosiveness and his strength. But for whatever reason, he falls to round three right into the Ravens laps and it's just one of those things again first four picks and people were already saying like oh my god the ravens did it again like how did we let the ravens do it again and mm-hmm. this is looking like eventually four quality starters for the ravens with their first four picks which is not not easy to do that is not easy to do
1: yeah and again this is you know this is the hyperbole pod You know, Mm -hmm. we know that a lot lot of crab takes in this one, a lot of a lot of. Well, I don't know if you can even call them crab takes. They're like, you know, rainbow takes or something. (laughs) But, you know, we know that it's not going to be all sunshine and rainbow. Someone's going to blow out a knee. Someone's going to have a, you know, lower than expectations and all that stuff. But. Holy crap. I mean, I this really could be a franchise-changing draft. In the sense that you're getting two potential stalwart players uh in the first round, you're getting a, an additional two potential all-pro players at least in the second and third. I mean, that's I mean, and that's not even to say some of these other guys who have some really good talent and there are a couple of guys I could see maybe turning into that all pro kind of player. We'll get to them, but I mean, just in those first three rounds. Wow. Yeah.
0: I'm very excited about Jones. Um, you know, again, with some of the numbers being handed out today and and kind of telling a story, it doesn't look like Brandon Williams is coming back and, um, you know, adding Michael Pierce and now Travis Jones and Broderick Washington's on the you know that's that's some pretty good beef up there, and those those are some big boys that can play. So, um, and
1: know. like you said, we're giving out uh, some mainstay numbers to some of these rooks. You know, Jones mm-hmm. is getting ninety-eight. A is getting ninety. You know, mm-hmm. if, if McPhee, ever there were yeah. were a big number, well, shoot, McPhee Burnett. I mean, yeah, you start Burnett, going through the yeah. the players that have worn ninety for the Ravens. I mean, it's <laughs> the pretty a, a pretty impressive list. Yeah. So you know, we're we're giving them definitely the 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 marquee you know wanted numbers to some of these rookies.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and and you know, hopefully, I I think Jones will live up to that. Um, again, he's he's a third round guy, similar to Brandon Williams. So pretty cool, pretty cool to see that. Uh, talking about another just massive human being as we move to Saturday's picks. Um, the first of one, two, three, four, five, six.
1: Fourth the historic picks six the picks in the fourth round. We the didn't, only we didn't time think in the modern era a, a team has had six picks, correct? Yeah, we didn't think this was going to happen. Um, no, I had. There was no way in my mind we were actually going to come out with this with as many picks as we came in with. And we did. I don't know how it happened, but we did. I
0: don't know how it happened. There's also 17 or 18 undrafted free agents that have been signed. So, like, I mean, it's so hard to keep track of this roster right now, to be quite yeah, honest. But it is. Um, yeah. So, with that first fourth round pick, uh, the Ravens, you know, we missed out earlier on Jordan Davis, but one of the few guys bigger than Jordan Davis, six foot eight, 384 pounds. Daniel Falele out of Minnesota, the right tackle, just a behemoth of a human being. I mean, he's like very athletic, but like he's he's just huge. I don't know what I don't know what
1: else to say and and Rashad Bateman's former roommate, I mean, why? yeah. Right. I mean, how many feel good stories can we possibly put into this draft for connections to our, you know, players on the team or the coaching staff or whatever, all of the above, you know, mm-hmm. but I'll, yeah, he's a great, great addition. You know, I'll Jawan James probably should be looking over his shoulder. I'm not sure what his cap number is, but I think that probably tells you a lot um, that will tell us a lot about whether he's going to make the team or not um after signing morgan moses because filele is going to be certainly the backup right tackle if not potentially pushing moses for a starting job based off some of the scouting reports
0: yeah which is going to be interesting you know like people keep talking about his rugby background which helps out his footwork and things like that um i could you know he's going to be awesome in like jumbo packages if oh my god starter. i was just
1: about to say that man I Jumbo mean, packages with Ricard and all the oh my god Woo. can you
0: imagine like if we go you know offensive line Lamar three tight ends Ricard and Filele or, or, or maybe Filele is one of the tight ends and then you throw Gus Edwards back there yeah
1: i mean you mm. you you're telling me that's not going to get me 1 yard <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know that better line. score I don't if care, that doesn't I don't score there's a problem. You've got a right. team with like 12 Jordan Davises on it, you know. Right. Um, I mean,
0: Philele's is going to be fun to watch like him on that right side, you know, like you said. I mean, he might push more, uh, Morgan Moses, he might push Juwan James and maybe maybe they're getting ready for James to have to play left tackle or, or you know, we got we did mention Ronnie Stanley is on track, you know. He was he was there to receive the um the first round picks. And he was working yeah. out. Apparently, he was working out with Kyle Hamilton and uh, Kyle Hamilton in uh, in L. A. So, you know, hopefully, he's ready to go. But you never know. I mean, there's a reason that you add all these tackles, and um, you know, Filali is just adding to the stable.
1: Yeah, and, depth is uh, important.
0: No matter what happens, depth is important. Mm-hmm. And you know, as much as Linderbaum maybe doesn't match what the Ravens try to do on the offensive line. I cannot imagine the Ravens wanting a bigger person yeah. than Daniel Falale.
1: If if you wanna if you wanna go based off of you know trends and what you you'd think the Ravens would pick, this is definitely what you'd expect the it. Ravens to pick for sure.
0: Could you imagine if they came out with Jordan Davis and this guy?
1: Oh my god. And they, just they, add like a start a WWF tag team or something. Right. The Brothers of Destruction. And by the way, how old am I that I just called it WWF? WWE. Anyway, yeah. that was yeah. only like twenty years ago they changed the name. But anyway. Uh, go yeah, ahead.
0: only. But you know what? Either way, I think it's a quality pick. Uh you, there weren't there weren't many guys around there that were like, Oh man, we should have taken X or like instead yeah. of Phileley. Because like the tackle spot, and you were like, Okay, I hope we take a tackle. Maybe not at fourteen, but I hope we take a Well, let's
1: see. Let let's talk about it. I mean, go we had six picks. Mm-hmm. You know, so at that point, once once you're going into the round, I don't wanna trade out. You know, so I think at, at once we finally got to the fourth round, I think we were both in agreement that we're taking these picks. You yeah. Know? Mm -hmm. Still a little surprised we actually did it because you'd figure we'd trade out for next year or something like that. Mm -hmm. But regardless of that, you wanted we wanted to, you know, you get a tackle, a couple corners, you know, get that, you know, extra tight end, a running back. We had talked about Matt Areza, the punter that was getting all the press, you know, and we're thinking, okay, you know, you like just before we get to the punter we actually took. You know, you and I were actually talking about that, thinking, okay, Mm -hmm. well, you know, there's cap room we can potentially get for Cook. So would we take a punter, you know, and and all of these other scenarios of of what positions we want? And I'll be honest with you. We pretty much hit it right on the head outside of wide receiver, which we'll get to at the end of this. I don't think is as big of a need as. I, well, I shouldn't say that. Not that it's not a need, but I didn't think we had to force a wide receiver pick if it wasn't there. We didn't, which I think was the right way to go. And, you know, here we are. So anyway, we 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 go into this wanting these players. I think at the end of this, we're going to be real happy with the selection of players that we did get in this round. So moving on from Philele, what do you think of Jalen Armour Davis? He, to me... Is just Anthony Averett, right? Yeah, I mean, but hopefully better. I mean, let's be real. Not that I thought, not that honestly, I did not think Averett sucked. It's a shame he we weren't able to sign him to a one year deal because the deal he got, I don't think was all that amazing. Um, but I will say, I, I I mean, you can't go wrong with a corner from Alabama. He's probably gonna at least play good special teams for us, and at least based off of the you know highlights which obviously they're highlights but you know kid looked like he could play he had some decent size I mean I I like him
0: same he's one, almost 200 pounds he's,
1: he's good in man coverage which you know you know is always good uh sounds like injuries were really what held him back in college so I mean if that's if that's been the problem hopefully we can help him solve that not that we're coming off a season where we were great at keeping guys healthy but you know if we're able to keep him healthy he might end up being a fantastic pick for us yeah absolutely I mean he's 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 there and run support
0: as much as you want the corner to be so I just see Anthony Averett in this pick he's like a slightly bigger Anthony yeah, Averitt. just a
1: good depth corner, you know, not necessarily anything special, but that guy who might develop into your nickel or your, you know, third outside corner, you know, one of those sort of depth guys, that's that's always important.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think Averitt was taken with the 118th pick. We got Armour Davis in the 119th pick. So it's all there. It's all there. He is Anthony Averitt, but just
1: new uh, and what and what numbers did we give these guys here? So Philele is 77. Yeah. So Bradley Bozeman's old number. And, and then Armor Davis. Davis is number five. Yeah. His and college Speaking number. of number five, uh, Hollywood Brown's old number, the next pick we're gonna talk about is the pick that we got along with Tyler Linderbaum's pick, number t- which the pick that ended up becoming number 25. Uh, We chose tight end Charlie Kolar out of Iowa State. One of the positions we wanted, big tight end. Looks like he's going to be a fantastic weapon for us in the red zone. Appears to be able to run routes well. I mean, he was like the academic All-American Player of the Year. He's like a mechanical engineering player. Major, you know, I mean, super smart kid. He could end up being a fantastic tight end as well. Yet again, hyperbole central, but holy crap, looks like a fantastic pick.
0: I agree. He, so let me, let me read you the quote from his uh, NFL.com uh, draft profile. He'll get better as a blocker. They all do, which you, we know the Ravens do that. He's got great size, great hands, and really productive in their passing game. He might end up being another Mark Andrews. Uh, so that's pretty cool. The thing that they interviewed him about is he models his game after Mark Andrews. So the Ravens did their homework here. They are like, well, you know, we, get, we picked this guy out of Oklahoma who, you know, maybe wasn't the best blocker in the world. And we taught him how to block and he's still an awesome pass catcher. Why don't we just try that again? And we can get two of them out there we can get another big 12 guy, huge six, seven, 250 pounds. Um, yeah, that sounds good to me. So, you know, he's, he's, he's fits exactly what the Ravens want to do at, at the tight end spot. This at this point in the draft.
1: I, I agree completely. I, I will have more to talk about between the tight end and the wide receiver discussion. I think after we talk about the entire draft, so I'll hold my comments there. But, yeah, Kolar could really be a, a, a cool addition to the offense.
0: All right, let's move on to the next pick. Uh, the Ravens, kind of a surprise here. They take punter Jordan Stout after Penn State uh, out of Penn State, not the punt god Matt Areza.
1: But, well, here's uh, where we need to probably lean to our Baltimore roots and follow our man Mel Kuyper, as he said mm-hmm. on the draft coverage, while everyone and their mother was drooling over the punt god, quote unquote, Matt Areza, who, quite frankly, I fell in love with too. The whole the whole aspect of him, you know, as a tackler and all that stuff was great. Good, good, good media, good publicity. But that said, Mel Kuyper had had Araiza as his third rated punter stout as his first rated punter and guess how it went exactly that way it went exactly the one two three so mel mel Kiper went from getting a bunch of crap from everybody saying oh i don't know stout got they took him before a blah 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 and then a didn't even t- get taken till the third punter so i that that whole discussion is interesting and we're talking about a freaking punter in the fourth round but that said, I think this was a great move. I'm not going to sit here and try to evaluate a punter. Hopefully he's fantastic. Hopefully he can take the keys from Sam Cook and keep the car on the road. You know, I it, it's sad to see this in some respects because obviously Sam Cook has been a wonderful servant for the team. Super Bowl winner, fantastic punter, always a weapon for the defense every single season. Always healthy. Great holder. I mean, what what else can you say about uh, I got Sam one Cook? More
0: thing. Great thrower of the football.
1: Yes, great thrower of the football. I mean, everything you could possibly want really out of a punter, Sam Cook provided. So yeoman's great. work. Thank you, Sam Cook. um But hey, we've got a replacement now in Jordan Stout, and and uh, it's going to be good cap room too. Yeah, I mean, great at taking safeties.
0: Also a willing tackler. Yeah. You know, member two of the Wolf Pack. I mean You can't you can't say enough good things about Sam Cook. Uh just former linebacker. Yeah. I mean, hopefully Everybody he sticks around that. the
1: team in some way, shape, or form. I'm sure he will. The coaching staff loves him. Um, it wouldn't shock me if he stuck around and, you know, was our backup punter, you know, and just oh. kind of hung around and came to practice every day. Yeah um and, and I'm saying that with no real knowledge of who Sam <laughs> Cook is, but it would it would seem he's just a I I I can't I can't say enough things to thank him for his time with the Ravens. I imagine it's over. And uh I welcome to the team, Mr. Stout, who's now number eleven.
0: Eleven, James Prochet's old number. But yeah, just a couple numbers on Stout uh for punts between the 30 yard lines. This year, 36 punts. He landed 83% of them inside the 20, 53% of those uh, were inside the 10, and only 6% touchbacks. So he's good at pinning teams down. And, you know, that's kind of what you want. Just let the defense go to work, um, w- which is good. So Jordan Stout, um, another, you know, maybe surprising, but solid pick. Uh, another really nice pick if we keep it moving. Hold on long. one second. You, yeah, you, you mentioned
1: going. You mentioned a player that I think. Correlates well because uh, there is some news with that player. So Stout is taking number 11, James Prochet's old number. Well, Prochet is now number three. Um, so Prochet is now the number tray in your heart. Yeah, back to his back to his college number. Yep. Um, I believe and hopefully his... now college production, because quite frankly, if, Need it. If, if, if Prochet turns into what he was in college, we'll have who, who will care about Hollywood Brown, quite frankly.
0: Yeah, his, his, his nickname is Channel 3 because you always got to tune in. Uh, and hopefully he gets back to that, which, you know, it, it looks like he's going to get quite the opportunity at it. So let's move on to our next pick here, which is another tight end. Another extremely athletic tight end is Isaiah Likely out of Coastal Carolina. He is the big play specialist. He has so many long touchdowns. He can really move. Very athletic guy. Um, Another tight end to add to the stable here.
1: He, this is, this is a bold statement. I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm totally going to agree with this statement, even 10 minutes from now. But it, it's possible Isaiah likely might be my favorite pick in the draft. All and right. now this is really only after watching his highlights, but it, it, we can talk about the wide receiver discussion now if you want. Um, I don't mind that we didn't pick a wide receiver, mainly because of these two tight ends. They can be our wide receivers. I mean, you think about if, if, I know this is a big if and hyperbole central, whatever, but, but if Charlie Kohler is, ends up being a pretty good player, in the history of the Ravens, when they take two players of the same position, that second player is usually pretty freaking awesome. Mm hmm. So I expect Isaiah likely to be a player, especially after watching those highlights. They're gonna figure out how to get this guy the ball. He looked like um I'm trying to remember the guy's name. The he was with the uh he was with the Titans. Who's the Titans sort of tight end fullback guy?
0: Delaney uh, Walker.
1: Yes. I yeah. that's exactly who I th- who I saw. Every time I looked at that, he is Delaney Walker. He is a weapon. You figure out a way to get him on the field and he will make a play. Because that's a thing. You you think about this now. Okay, a few years ago, we didn't have the players we needed on the outside to get the ball, the job done. They were able to lock down the middle of the field and take that away from us. So the outside players couldn't get it done. While that's true, now we can split Mark Andrews out wide. Now we can put Kolar out wide, Isaiah Likely out wide. Plus, we also have Rashad Bateman, who, by the way, I think fits this offense way better than Hollywood Brown ever did as the single wide receiver running deep. So, I don't know. I, I think it makes a lot of sense for the way the Ravens are constructed. It's back to that three tight end look, maybe even five tight end look. I don't know if you can do that. But anyway, either way, we're gonna have a lot of tight ends on this team, and that's not even counting Patrick Ricard, yeah, Nick Boyle. Yeah does this does this spell trouble for Boyle? What do you? Think? I think it may. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see. You know cap cap is going to be an issue. I don't know what let's let's see what his cap number is. Let's see here. So let's see. He's carrying a seven so he can't be cut. It, it looks like if if I'm looking at this. Properly. if he were to be cut maybe i'm not looking at this right hold on i'm i'm not probably the right person to be looking i'm not sure what dead cap means versus dead cap yeah. it
0: dead cap is like guys that you cut but you still they
1: still count against the cap yeah then we would get no savings um by his, his his cap hit is seven million dollars and currently his you know, it, it would be you know, it would go against the cap whether we cut him or not. So it's it's possible he gets cut, but it's not gonna give us any any cap savings. Um Yeah, and the
0: Ravens have really been doing their best to not be in that dead cap hell yeah. that they were yeah. in several years ago. So it's it's going to be really interesting to see how this goes and how it impacts other positions maybe because if they keep four tight ends plus Ricard, um, now that's five guys allocated to to those positions which, you know, could be a little bit tough based on the other on the other positional needs. So it, it's going to be interesting. I think Likely is awesome. I, I love his run after the catch ability. Um, like you said, you know, he does have that speed and athleticism to split out wide. He, he also, I would love to see him on like a wheel route out of the backfield, you know, things like that, you know, just get him, just get him matched up on a, yeah, get him matched up on a, on a linebacker and he's going to run by him. Like, I mean, there's not many linebackers, you know, that love covering in space in that way. So, you know, I, I do see some, some cool value here. Don't know what uh, what the deal is going to be with with all of the tight ends that we have around, but uh, you know definitely something to keep an eye on. The final fourth round draft pick that the Ravens made six of six. We took another corner, uh, Demarion Williams out of Houston. He is a little bit smaller uh, than than the huge. Uh, corners that the Ravens typically take. He's 5'10", 180 pounds, uh, out of uh, Houston. He's he's maybe maybe goes into like a, a slot
1: corner kind of position. What, what do you think? Yeah, about- I think that's I think that's his role. I, I mm-hmm. think he's you know, it, it, as long as he makes the team and he can perform, he's he's definitely going to be in the competition for the slot with Brandon mm-hmm. Stevens and you know you name name the safety you know, they'll they'll uh he'll he'll probably be in the mix. Uh, yeah in the slot. Yeah. I mean he's he, like
0: this point in the draft you can you know you're gonna get one thing from the Raven and it's gonna be a team captain. So Williams is a two time team team captain at Houston. Um very tough guy even at even at a little smaller size. So yeah that that nickel spot seems to be a, a really good position for him to uh, compete in and uh you know we'll see you know, see how he goes, see how he goes here with with, you know, kind of a, a dearth at the cornerback spot in those depth spots. So, you know, he's got a good shot at this roster for sure. And the final pick in the 2022 draft, the Ravens take a running back. Finally, they take Tyler Beatty out of Missouri um, over 2000 yards last year for the Tigers. One of the only guys in school. I think the only guy in school history to do that. He is a pass-catching savant, and I think that's what I'm most excited about him
1: for. Yeah, I mean, he just seems like a complete back. I, I like that, you know, he's a guy that, you know, God forbid, but if we end up having injury issues with, with Gus uh, and uh, Dobbins again this year, you know, he's a guy that I, I might feel a little bit more comfortable carrying the load than like a Tyson Williams or a Nate McCrary. Um So, yeah, I mean, you know, hopefully this is a guy that, you know, if you sign that veteran guy off the street to be the veteran backup, that he could be the starter if shit happened.
0: Yeah, I think uh, Justice Hill is in a little bit of trouble. Oh, big Um, time. This is essentially what they wanted Justice Hill to be, is that change of pace, third down option out of the backfield. Justice Hill, you know, didn't typically do a lot of
1: that in college, but
0: this is Beatty's really strength, uh, you know, is getting out of the backfield. And Beatty appears to be everything
1: Justice Hill wishes his game was for the NFL. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. So,
1: I mean, not and not trying to be a total dick to Justice Hill, but you know how I feel about his game. I feel like he's always indecisive in the backfield about what hole to cut, and he just seems slower than he should be. I, you don't you don't see that on tape with Beatty. He understands his role, he understands what he's doing and gets it done
0: yep, absolutely. so you know he might be one of my favorite picks in this draft you you mentioned likely and and I think Beatty getting him here, I think he could have gone in like the fourth round if if somebody. I know that that I saw
1: him a lot earlier or at least heard Mm -hmm. them talking about him a lot earlier than the sixth round, you know, for whatever that's worth, you know, if for the coverage teams to be, you know, bringing up guys. Oh, how about this running back? Well, man, this is going to be a good spot for Tyler Beatty, you know, but it was like Mm -hmm. the third round. Right. So, you know, that says something that another player that may have fallen, quote unquote, to us to the sixth.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And he'll be wearing number thirty. Uh I believe the last guy to wear well, let's see, Westry was thirty. And I think the last running back to wear thirty was Kenneth Dixon. So hopefully a little bit more promotion.
1: I think Elba Femi Badejo was thirty. Uh-huh. Back in the day. Uh Priest Holmes was thirty, I think.
0: He was thirty-three. Thirty-three. Okay. And then Jamal Lewis was thirty-one, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there you have it. There's there's the NFL draft 2022 for the ravens oh one more number we
1: we mentioned so likely is going to be jersey number 80 Mm. kolar is going to be 88 yes so former dennis pitta uh and then brandon stokely-ish likely at 80 although uh we were talking before the pod his number in college was four so it's very possible that if um, Cook is no longer on the team, that he'll get his number four.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, that'll be a weird transition, the punter to a hyper-athletic tight end. Um, yeah, no doubt. That'll, that'll, that'll be, be a little different,
1: different thing. All those people with Sam Cook jerseys out there can just put likely on the back.
0: Mm-hmm. For sure. So let's, let's get into some of these things. So l- let me, so you mentioned your favorite pick was, was likely, let me ask you a slightly different question outside of the first rounders, who, which, which Ravens draft pick do you anticipate having the
1: biggest impact in 2022? Hmm. I mean, I think, I think Travis Jones is the, yeah, is the, is the guy. I mean, well, that said, Jordan Stout very well might be the guy to have the biggest impact. He's going to certainly be the one, I think. Uh, you know, the counted upon the most. You know, in year one, out of these players, but yeah, I would say Travis Jones would be that guy. If if not Travis Jones, hmm. I you yeah, know I'm going to say just, likely. Okay. I'm gonna say likely, just just as that you know, similar to how Mark Andrews, uh, you know, outshone Hurst uh, their rookie years. You know that guy who, I mean, not that they're they're both sort of coming from small schools, but you know, I I the the little bit less heralded of the guy comes in and and uh, sort of makes makes more noise. So I'm gonna say likely, if not Travis Jones.
0: Yeah, I think I'm just going to stick with Travis Jones, just because I think he's going to get a significant amount of snaps from day one. Um, I do think Beatty is my favorite pick, though. That getting him in the sixth round and, and seeing what really he nice. can do out of the, what he can do out of the backfield is going to be a lot of fun. Um, you know, as a safety valve for Lamar and, and two minute drills and things like that. So that's going to be. I mean, really no cool. matter what,
1: I see significant contributions from pretty much every player on this team. Um, you know, and and yes, Philele, Armour Davis, and uh, Damarian Williams, they may be, and Beatty may all be more in that backup role, but they're all going to get time in some way, shape, or form, whether it's on special teams or Philele in the jumbo package, Beatty's going to get third down carries or, you know, just in the rotation, so I you know i I think it's pretty clear Colar and likely are gonna be part of the tight end rotation as long as they're healthy. You know, I mean, it, it's pretty crazy to think that we we looked at this and we're like how how can the Ravens really have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven picks and actually make those picks. like where do they fit on the team? And now we actually made all these picks and we're looking at it going, well, yeah, they fit. I mean, that's crazy, right? It is crazy.
0: I really did not see it coming. Um, But, you know, the guys that they did get are just really good football players. And, you know, yeah, maybe not addressing immediate needs by taking that second tight end. But, again, like, likely is just a good football player, so you got to add him, right? So – I'm I'm very excited by it. Um it it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting training camp seeing how all these guys pan out and and things like that. But um let's uh you know we kind of skated by it and, and got into it a little bit, but let's talk about the wide receiver situation after the, the Marquise Brown trade. Um, you know, obviously Lamar Jackson, not thrilled, which kinda sucks. But you know, I, I kinda just saw it as this is a strictly you know, he requested a trade, which came out a little bit later, but it, it was a business decision. Seeing these these wide receiver contracts being handed out, um, you know, I would just assume that the Ravens didn't really see themselves handing out that contract to Hollywood. And, um, you know, they got something for him in return that they wouldn't be able to get after this year.
1: There are a couple of things I read today that... Soured me a little bit, and and when I say sour, I don't mean it to say like I don't like the guy. I, and for all intents and purposes, Hollywood Brown seems like a really good guy, so I'm not I'm not trying to disparage him in any way. But he was, I think it was fourth in deep ball targets and fifth in drops. Hmm. You know, that's just not a great combination. He also was never like the the perfect fit, in my opinion, for this team. If you wanna look and now I'm turning in exactly into the guy I, I said was was stupid, but you look <laughs> at you look at the profile of what you know, the reality of what you would think the Ravens would want as a wide receiver. You'd think they'd want someone like a DK Metcalf or an AJ Brown. You know, that big wide receiver that's gonna be like almost a tight end. You know, which is sort of why I'm looking at both Isaiah Likely and Charlie Collar thinking they're not like Kolar's tall, but they're also not like big, beefy, like you know what I mean? Like right. they don't yep. they're they're not like so massive Antonio or Tony Gonzalez or something, you know, I don't know. I, maybe I'm being stupid saying that, but either way, you know, I I just Hollywood Brown was just not the best fit and you're able to trade him. I, you know, I, I guess Peter's Peter King's analogy isn't totally perfect because of the third round pick. But you don't typically buy a car, drive it for three years, and then take it back to the dealership and they say, oh, we'll give you the same amount of money you paid for for your car. And that's kind of what happened because of the Ravens picked Hollywood at 25. Where'd they pick Linderbone? 25. Mm. So granted there's a third round pick involved obviously we didn't get a wide receiver you know so it's not not totally the best it's like it's like trading in your sports car for the minivan but you know it's still good value for Hollywood especially when a he doesn't really fit b he really didn't want to be here and See, we probably weren't going to pay him. So the fact that we were able to get a first round pick out of it is fantastic. I mean, I, I will say this. I appreciate that Eric DeCosta was able to take his emotions out of it. They didn't. I mean, the fact that it was out of the press, this could have been such a thing. And, oh, Greg Roman this and blah, blah, blah. And, oh, Harbaugh needs to get a hold of the locker room and da-da-da-da. I mean, that could have been the story of the offseason. Mm-hmm. Instead, it, we didn't hear about any of it until he was gone. Now, granted, we've gotten some of the Roman stuff, which we can talk about, too, in a little bit. But I, I don't think Hollywood was a great fit. As I said before, Rashad Bateman, who was our first round pick last year. I mean, how many times do you want to spend first round picks on a wide receiver? I know I know last year I was all about it, but it's like, you know, only the Lions are going to go wide receiver that many times in the first round. You know, uh, we've got Bateman and Bateman, quite frankly, is just a overall better fit. For a number one wide receiver. Not only in this offense, any offense. It's just the reality of who Hollywood is as a player and who a guy like who, who a guy like Bateman is. I don't want to say Bateman yet because obviously he's not a number one wide receiver yet. But the traits that we saw last year are traits that if we had Bateman on the field instead of Hollywood three years ago or two years ago, however you want to put it. When we were in the playoffs and we had the best offense in football, we would have been better as an offense with Rashad Bateman there than Hollywood Brown.
0: Yeah, can't really argue with anything you said. I mean, it was just, you know, the fit and the value. And that wasn't going to come from Hollywood Brown is, is the math that the front office did. And, you know, it sucks. I really liked Hollywood. I know you, you
1: had just recently come around on him. A yeah. Bit, I, and that. and that's, that sucked a little bit. Cause I was, yeah. I was finally like kind of like getting in. Okay. I'm, I'm ready to, I'm ready to fall in love with my wide receiver. And there, they, they they rip it out, rip it out from, from me before it's in really in my grasp, but we still have Rashad Bateman.
0: Yeah, for sure. And then that gives the guys like DuVernay and Prochet and Tylan Wallace uh, an opportunity to step up. And, and, you know, likely that means going to the free agent pool now and, you know, the second round of free agency and and looking into camp cuts and things like that. I mean, who's going to be available a month from now? We don't really know. So, you know, there are guys out there that that can catch your attention a little bit. But
1: do you see us trading for Debo Samuel? Uh I don't see the 49ers trading. I can't really get a
0: good read on that situation because if there is like he, if the rumors are true that he wants to be used as a true wide receiver, that's not going to happen in Baltimore. Uh, I just don't see it. Like they're going to well, use. Well, the I, I don't.
1: Way. I will say this. I, I now I have not seen his whole comments, so I may be speaking out of turn here but was it that he didn't want to be used as a running back at all or he was tired of continually being overworked by the Niners as the running back when he wants to play wide receiver I don't know like none of these you know what I mean like 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 if the Ravens if he came to the Ravens he wouldn't have to be a running back either like I mean sure he he would there would obviously be plays where he'd be lining up in the backfield because we would want to take advantage of that skill set. but he wouldn't be our starting running back. I mean, he's basically been the Niners starting running back in a lot of games. You know, he would never be that for us. I mean, he'd be back there. I mean, five times a game, five touches out of the backfield, a game would be a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it would be only in different packages, like in the red zone and stuff, you know, I and even then, would you want him there in the red zone? I don't know. You might want somebody else and let him be on the outside. Right. Um I have but, no
0: idea how to read that situation. I, I don't either. If he if he comes to Baltimore,
1: if not. I And I don't survive. think we'd have the cap Sorry. room anyway. Like, yeah. I don't. You know, and I'll be honest with you, this is what – I'll just say it. I think Jason LaCanfora and and those asshats on the radio station I won't name, they're just idiotic with the way they try to act like the Ravens are cheap and, oh, it's all about cash over cap. And they act like they're all smart about how the Ravens, if they wanted to, could spend all this money on shitty-ass free agents just because people want to see the Ravens make a move for somebody random that they've decided is the new player that we've got to have. Oh, we've got to have Jarvis Landry now. Or, oh, we've got to have, you know, a Honey Badger or whatever. And so the Ravens are cheap when they don't sign them. It's, I'm really tired of that crap. And, you know, but that with that said, I I don't – I just don't see how – the Ravens could do it? I mean even if they tried to trade or were able to, you know, get the draft pick compensation together, I don't see how they could possibly pay him. Yeah,
0: I, I don't either. So I'm I'm not really getting my hopes up and you know, I guess that's maybe why I haven't really been paying as close attention. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. it's all good. But, you know, it, yeah, the Ravens wide receiver situation is still in flux for sure as uh proved by these undrafted free agents that they're bringing in. I think there's 18 undrafted free agents. uh, Four or five of them are wide receivers. Most notably, Slade Bolden from Alabama, the slot receiver. Yeah, he's interesting. And uh, Makai Polk from Mississippi State. The guy had 105 catches for 1,000 yards last year. Possession guy, um, you know, interesting there. You know, maybe... a a product of that spread offense that they run. You know,
1: Um, here's another thing, not to interrupt you on your, on our uh, undrafted free agents, but you know, people really are sleeping on our receivers. You know, Devin DuVernay went to the Pro Bowl last year as a returner. How many times do you see guys that are Pro Bowl returners or have a season as a monster returner and then that next season, take the next step as a wide receiver. Look at Derek Mason. Look at Steve Smith. I mean, they're just two names off the top of my head. I think Terry you Hill know. did that too. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I'm not trying to say he's gonna be that guy, but it's not out of the realm of possibility that Devin DuVernay can make that step. You know, same thing with, you know, Tyquan Walker. Nobody's, everybody's forgetting about that guy. He was fantastic on on uh, special teams last year. Who's to say he can't make the next step?
0: He made a couple of
1: fantastic him? catches. We're we talking um, about Taekwon, isn't that his name? What's his name? Tylen Wallace. Tylen Wallace. What did I say? Taekwon Walker. Anyway, yeah, what, I don't know that, what that I'm is. On. That is Tylen Wallace is who I'm talking about. But. <laughs> I'm making up names now of wide receivers but Tylen Wallace is who I'm talking about. Yeah. Um he could be a guy for sure. Yeah, he could definitely be a guy. Will he be the guy? Probably not. But he could be a guy. We only need we only need really Bateman to be the guy. We just need the rest of the guys to be pretty decent because remember we've also got Mark Andrews our our number one wide receiver is not a wide receiver we've got we've got Mark Andrews and then every other player on offense as far as wide receivers and tight ends so he's our number one anything else we can surround around Mark Andrews is money and that's that's the difference too 2 years ago Mark Andrews wasn't quite the number one wide receiver or number one tight end, however you want to label him, number one target that he is today. And I think that's the big difference from our offense between the two years Uh is that now we've got this guy who is that monster target that has to be double teamed. And if we can get Bateman on the outside, who also needs to be paid attention to, then some of these other players we have, like DuVernay, Prochet, you know, the running backs, likely, Collar. I mean, that's where that's where we could have some fun and see these guys develop. And, you know, I, I I I wanna have faith that Greg Roman can get it done. I do mainly because it's now we're now back to that three tight end offense.
0: Right. Right. For sure. Any other spots that that we need to discuss? I mean, Edge maybe. Maybe Justin Houston. Hopefully, is coming back.
1: Yeah, we we added know. that strange tag to Justin Houston. Yeah, um, that may allow us to have him back. Um, or, or I guess, what is it? Once is it once the season starts or, or once training camp starts, he would only be exclusive to us as a free agent or something like that. I mean, it's some sort of weird tag like that.
0: Yeah. Um and yeah, it would only be a one-year deal and you know that's probably where he's at and he's at his point in at this point in his career.
1: Yeah. I mean, so. Justin Houston is not a player we're going to have in offseason mini camps. He doesn't have to be at offseason mini camps. That I I don't think the defense. I mean, this could be completely wrong, but it doesn't sound like the defense is going to change that much. I'm sure there will be wrinkles and probably a whole lot less blitzing compared to uh, what Wink would do. Just because you, you'd expect that maybe to change somewhat, but the general scheme you'd think would be the same. Um, you know, uh, it, it'll be interesting.
0: Yeah. So, you know, things aren't done yet. There's still, you know, another rounds of free agency, like I said, and camp cuts and things like that. So, not done yet. But the Ravens have done well in, in this 2022 draft. Yeah, I've seen, like, the lowest grade that I've seen on this draft is an A, if not an A+. plus. You know, so, like, I mean, on paper, at least as it stands today, the Ravens have knocked this out of the park.
1: They're I'll a better be- team than they were before the draft.
0: Yeah, yeah, agreed. And you know, couple that with the guys that they're getting back from injury. I mean, it's a good roster. It is a yeah. good good it's roster. It's a good roster.
1: They're it's still gonna be able roster. to make moves. It's not done yet. Hopefully they'll be able to create some cap room somehow, you mm-hmm. know, outside of just the Coke the maneuver. Um we'll we'll just have to see. But it's uh it was it was a good draft in twenty twenty two, or seemingly so. We'll evaluate it in a couple years, but it uh, looks like a, a, a potentially really good one for the Ravens.
0: Yep. And, and just to mention a couple guys, you know, we, we brought up the jersey numbers because uh, it's seemingly important right now um, for, for guys who may not be coming back to the Ravens. So Marcus Williams changed his uh, jersey number to 22. Oh, no, I'm sorry. This is Demarion Williams, the, the draft pick. Uh, changed his jersey number to 22, uh, previously occupied by long-term Raven Jimmy Smith. Maybe that indicates he's not coming back. Um, similarly, with 90, with David Ajabo, Pernell McPhee likely not coming back. And Travis Jones was given 98. Uh, obviously, long time held by uh, Brandon Williams, so maybe he's not coming back. So that gives you a little idea of some of the story that that they're starting to tell with these uh, number assignments. That uh, you know some of these long-time vets are not not going to be in the Ravens uniform at least seemingly uh, in uh, in 2022.
1: Yeah, it'll be it'll be sad to see like Jimmy Smith not lining up. You know, it's funny even with the 22 given to Williams. I wonder if he doesn't. You know, when when training camp rolls yeah. around. If uh, Jimmy Smith doesn't kind of show up or kind of middle of training camp when they go, gee, we could use a little bit of depth. We know you've been working out. Why don't you come come hang out with us for a while? Um, yeah, we'll give you just the old offer like. That all that kind of stuff yeah yeah that seems like a, something that might happen but but who knows you know I, I, I he may be very content you know he's very he he deserves a, a nice happy retirement just like uh, sam cook another another super bowl winner for us one of the last the last couple guys remaining from that 2012 championship roster i mean is anyone other than tucker now left from that team no i think it's just him yeah and he's yeah. Tucker, his rookie his rookie year too. Wow. Um yeah. And and it's still amazing to me that he went undrafted. Uh, yeah, of all the terrible kickers that have been drafted over the years, and and we got the best kicker of all time undrafted.
0: You know, we're we're like coming up on an hour and a half here, but I was stunned that the Browns took another kicker in the draft. I'm not. It's the Browns. They had Chase McLaugh- McLaughlin, however you say his name.
1: Wasn't he really good for them? I don't know. I'll be honest. I don't know. It doesn't. It never surprises me anything that the Browns do. I mean, oh
0: no, or... dude! They released him.
1: What? I Did thought he was really happen? good for them. I don't know, but
0: yeah, they drafted this kid, this really good kid out of out of LSU, and they released McLaughlin. I thought they really liked him, but maybe hmm. not. Maybe I'm mistaken. Whatever. I, I, it's all good. This this draft is it was a little nuts, but the next steps for us are, are those those rookie practices, just the shells, and you know we get awesome yeah, videos. Finding, the, you
1: know finding out for sure who who that list of uh, undrafted free agents is, so we can fawn over the next uh, uh, what was his name, Bronson Recksteiners of the world. Yeah, uh, and follow uh, you know, in with some players that are never going to make the team. Yeah.
0: Who are, who's the last? Oh, our Darius Washington. He's the last guy. That Yeah, that's right. We'll
1: have to see if we can, uh, I mean, God, with 11 draft picks, are we going to able to have a undrafted free agent on this? That's what I'm
0: saying. There's, they brought in 18 so far, so I don't know how that's going to work, but all right. Well, I mean, we'll just wait and see. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean that's our that's our draft recap. I think the Ravens get an A from me. A grade from you, Holly?
1: Yeah, they definitely get <laughs> they get an A plus, five stars, 12 bananas. Yep. I mean it it's an amazing draft. They they are uh, a, another one for the books hopefully. It's uh you know the the after draft hyperbole is certainly uh coming in hard, but it was it was a fun one. That's that's to be sure. Yep, for sure. All right, you want to sign us off? Well, folks, as we said, it was a fun draft. Thanks for tuning in. Really long one tonight, but hopefully it was bearable. Listening, listening to us wax poetic about how much we love the Ravens, but hopefully you were you were talking right along to us and and enjoying every little bit of that. Well, here we are back to the the next phase of you know free agency, and we'll have the schedule release coming up at some point, and all those ways that the NFL is able to keep itself a you know, 12-month-a-year sport, we'll be back soon to talk about it all. Thanks again, everybody, and go Ravens. Ravens.